Market View on Money FM 89.3. Well, as we mentioned a while ago, the uh, deal, at least or the resumption of trading for Kaplan SBH shares seems to have also overshadowed the fact that tomorrow the much-awaited earnings results for Singapore's uh, uh, banks is set to kick off. UOB and OCBC set to kick things off with their earnings releases, and on Thursday, DBS's uh, own report card also drew out. And, of course, these three banks comp- uh, together uh, combined com- uh, make up about 40% of the STI's total weighting. And it's equally important because the Monetary Authority of Singapore just last week decided not to extend the cap on dividend payments. So a lot to take stock of with these much-awaited report cards from Singapore's Big Three. And ahead of the release, actually, we're joined today on Money FM 89.3 by Mr. Thilan Rick Ramasinghe, who is Maybank Kimeng's head of research here in Singapore. He is also the head of regional financials, and he spends a lot of time looking actually at the uh, earnings and the prospects of Singapore's largest lenders. He's here to share with us his thoughts and his expectations ahead of the earnings releases. Ms. Uh, Thilan, thank you so much for joining today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these times. And welcome back to the show, sir. Hope you're having a good Tuesday. I am. Thanks very much for having me on. All right. So, Thilan, first of all, you know, the restoration of dividends last week was a bit of a pleasant surprise for markets. How big of a deal is this for shareholders of the big three and the Singapore equity market as a whole? Yeah, it was definitely better than expected. Most of the street was expecting some relaxation, but uh, along with some guardrails in place. Instead, the MAS has followed the Fed and the ECB and have removed all caps uh, after the stress test. Uh, this is a strong positive for the banks as well as the markets uh, because it does give some clarity in terms of the asset quality, liquidity, and capital is. Now, the actual uplift for dividends for 2021 isn't going to be a lot because there was already some expectations that dividends will be relaxed. But still, yields can go up by about 20 to 40 basis points from here. Right. Uh, The banks, they said, passed recent stress tests that the MASA conducted to see if they were strong enough to assume these dividends. Can you help our listeners understand what goes into these stress tests that the MAS conducts? And what what do central banks look for uh, in, in in these stress tests? And how did the three banks here in Singapore do? Yeah, so central banks use stress tests to see how well banks can cope with financial and economic shocks and also to identify vulnerabilities in the uh, financial stability of the banking system. Uh, the, the tests themselves typically focus on things like credit risk, market risk, as well as liquidity risk on, uh, on the balance sheet. Uh, they, what they do is they run adverse scenarios on things like interest rates, GDP, unemployment effects, and a whole host of other uh, you know, stress variables. Now, how the individual banks did, we will not know because that doesn't get disclosed. But the fact that the MAS is confident enough to remove the dividend caps completely, when one of the initial reasons why they put them in place was because of uh, fear on asset quality and balance sheets, tells us that the sector is in a very strong footing. All right. And as we mentioned, this is a, seems to be a bit of a sweetener icing on the cake on the back of strong first quarter earnings that the likes of UOB, OCBC and DBS reported uh, at the start of this year. And it's indicating the, that there is a strong rebound from last year's COVID-19 impact. Well, what are your expectations, Thilan, for the banks this time around in the second quarter? And if I may ask you also, which one might actually stand out as best in class for this period? 
I think we will continue to see earnings momentum strengthening on a year-on-year basis. Uh, we we should see uh, good operational results coming through as well, uh, particularly with interest income rising. Uh, we saw uh, some of the biggest jumps in domestic loan growth in June, uh, the highest since two- September 2018, uh, and driven partly by SMEs and mortgages. Uh, so this is showing recovery. We think interest margins should also see continued um, stability as well with deeper yield curves and, uh, you know, more loan growth as well. On non-interest income, we should see continued growth in areas like wealth management, transaction banking, as well as loan fees. We did see some steep declines in uh, provisioning costs in the first quarter. Uh, and I think we should probably see that coming through this quarter as well, uh, given the fact that asset quality is coming in a lot better than expected. But one area of concern will actually be costs. Last year, mm. banks worked very hard to keep costs contained. Also, they benefited from government subsidies as well. This year, uh, volumes are taking off. Uh, so that will put some pressure on OPEX. And we did see that with some of the U.S. and European banks that have reported uh, so far as well, especially in areas like staff costs. I think there is going to be some labor bottlenecks and, and costs rising there. Right. Um, are the cost, uh, are the potential for cost upticks, though, enough to warrant a potential erosion in margins? No, I don't think that will be the case at this stage. I think we, we are still at the very early stages of, uh, you know, overall, uh, you know, margins improving and, you know, overall top lines improving. But I think the cost side is something to keep an eye on, uh, especially in, in a scenario where borders are closed and access to labor remains a little bit tight. All right. We're still going to say Mr. Thilan Uekaramasinghe, the Maybank Kim Eng's head of research for, in Singapore. Here on Mighty FM 89.3, he's uh, kindly agreed to join us today to help us preview the earnings releases of uh, the big three banks here in uh, Singapore. You touched about some of the trends we've seen with global bank earnings here, Thilan. And uh, one of them also uh, is that global banks have reported fairly impressive earnings for the most part. We heard from Standard Chartered earlier today as being one of the latest ones to actually uh, uh, posit a strong report card, but most of them have also seen a significant decline in trading revenues as being one of the few dark spots or bruises in the report mm. cards. Will this matter, though, in the context of Singapore's banks? Or are risks from a possible downturn in market activity not going to be as meaningful in the case of our lenders? Yes, tra- trading income will be slower this quarter, but unlike the global banks where trading income can make up you know, up to 40% of total income, in Singapore, it typically contributes um, about a tenth or, at best, uh, low teens uh, to total income. Uh, their business models are much more focused on conventional growth from lending activities and the support services surrounding it. So I don't think that will be one of the key drivers this time around. I think it, it's, it, the, the focus should be more on um, you know, lending growth, margin stabilizing, as well as non-interest income coming from fees. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about the likes of UOB, OCBC, and DBS, they're not just some of the biggest banks. They're not just the biggest banks here in Singapore. They're also, they're also banks that have had a growing regional and global footprint uh, with varying degrees of exposure to China and Southeast Asia's key overseas markets. These two regions, though, Thilan, are facing different economic realities, with the latter, Southeast Asia, facing more channel challenges, especially due to the COVID-19 um, uh, resurgence, at least, in some of these major areas. Is this going to provide some sense of concern Concern for our banks moving forward, depending on whether they have more exposure to China or Southeast Asia. 
Yeah, there is a divergence in growth between North Asia and Southeast Asia, and partly that is because of the ongoing uh, lockdowns as well as the, uh, the the speed of vaccine deployments. So we do expect slower growth from uh, the operations from Southeast Asia for the banks compared to North uh, North Asia, and also a, a, a higher uh, asset quality concern as well. Now, having said that, the banks have some of the best integrated regional operations uh, in the region, and they also have uh, very strong access to U.S. dollar liquidity, which is essential for cross-border transactions. So this this may actually provide them with opportunities, especially uh, when we talk about north-south supply chain relocations and so on. But it is something to watch out for. And, and going into this result season, uh, we, are, we are more um, uh, we are we, we favor the uh, the banks which have a higher North Asia exposure. Uh, than the banks that have a, a, a larger Southeast Asian exposure. And which banks among the big three actually have uh, relatively more exposure to North Asia versus their peers? Uh, if you take the three banks, DBS and OCBC have a larger North Asia exposure and they have a much more uh, structured strategy in terms of growing in, uh, in North Asia uh, versus UOB. All right. And Athila, you know, uh, you know as, uh, just to cap things, you know, um, it, was, it may not seem to be the case, but eventually we will get to the end of COVID-19 or the pandemic uh, at some point in time. Um, I do want to talk about some of the biggest post-COVID trends facing Singapore's banks. Could it be expanding their overseas presence? Is it the continued digital transformation? In terms of post-COVID trends facing our lenders, what do you think are the biggest ones they'll have to watch out for or perhaps just prepare themselves for? Yeah, certainly looking forward to the end of the pandemic. Um, I think there are three main areas that I think um, that you will see growth as well as, uh, you know, uh, some secular trends happening. I think the first, as you say, uh, is digital. Uh, COVID has accelerated uh, digital adoption and brought in customer segments that have never or have hardly considered uh, digital channels before. So I think you will see the banks increasing investments in digital infrastructure as well as talent uh, so that they can offer more hyper-personalized uh, services to their customers. Uh, now, this should help them scale uh, a lot more rapidly, not just in Singapore, but regionally as well. Um, and that kind of feeds into the sort of second trend. Um, I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the Singapore banks have some of the strongest integrations in terms of their regional operations. Um, so, and I think that will help them gain market share in the whole north to south supply chain relocation trend. They also have access to U.S. dollar liquidity, which is essential for cross-border transactions. So I think, again, that will be a key trend that uh, to watch out for. And I think it will be one of the key areas of growth for these banks. And finally, I think this is probably the biggest area of growth, and that's actually sustainability. Uh, regionally, the Sing banks have been very proactive in taking part in green loans, sustainability linked loans, and uh, other green instruments. Um, and they've also been putting in place the sustainability frameworks and the, and the taxonomies. Uh, and the demand for sustainable financing is uh, going to see very, very strong growth, uh, given the fact that so many companies and governments uh, have made these carbon neutral pledges. So I think this is a very large uh, area of multi-year growth. And I think the 
the think banks are very well positioned to capitalize on that. All right, interesting enough, and we'll find out exactly how they did when the earnings start rolling in tomorrow. I'd like to thank Mr. Thilan Vikramasinghe, Maybank Kimeng's head of research here in Singapore and the head of regional financials for joining us today on Money FM 89.3 to help us preview the upcoming earnings releases from UOB, OCBC, and DBS in the coming days. Thilan, as always, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these very uncertain times. We look forward to next time we can have you join us on the show. Meanwhile, stay safe and have a good evening ahead, sir. Thanks very much, JP. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.